This is the Virgin Radio Pridecast with Alex Milsom and Shivani Dave. Hello and welcome back to the Virgin Radio Pridecast with me, Alex Milsom. And me, Shivani Dave. In case you haven't listened to us before, I mean, where on earth have you been? This is the show where we dive back into the archives of our wonderful little pop-up radio station, Virgin Radio Pride, and attempt to continue some of the important conversations which we started last summer. And the conversation we're continuing this week is one which has been on a lot of people's lips in the past few weeks. I'm, of course, talking about conversion therapy. That is right. And with the government's long-awaited ban on conversion therapy now not being extended to those in the trans community, we're going to be talking all about conversion therapy and the harm that it causes this week. But first, a very important question, as ever. How was your week? My week's been all right, actually. You know, it's a balance of things, right? You're enjoying the sunshine, it's getting warmer, the days are longer, summer is nearer. Those are really fun, positive things. I've had, like, seven ice creams today alone. Um, But, of course, there's all of this turmoil going on that we see online, that we see that's happening with politics, and it's hard to escape that as much as I'd love to just be basking in the sun on the grass in a park. Yeah, the sky is blue, the world is on fire, but the sky <laughs> is blue, but the world is on fire. It's kind of a little bit of um, a self-repeating thing. You're like, mm, I want to be happy right now. You know, good vibes, good summer vibes. We're starting to get closer to what we'll be doing on Virgin Radio Bride and the kind of future for that. And that's really exciting and the plans are in works. But of course, we all know that Pride happens for a reason and it's just a shame that actually that reason is starting to come a little bit true for our trans friends you know kind of sucks but anyway uh this important conversation we're going to be having today yeah for sure i think uh, it's one of those things that um is massively important and it's great to celebrate pride and to have pride and wear your rainbow mm. but also we need to understand why we have it yeah and this is one of the reasons why so let's get started because we've spoken about our community's relationship with religion on the podcast. And when we think of conversion therapy, a lot of conversion therapy is performed in the name of religion. And one person who we heard from in our episodes about religion was gay evangelical Christian Jane Ozen. So let's hear from Jane again now, this time on the harm that conversion practices in the name of religion can cause. I just want to ask you first, when you're talking about harm, one of the ways that um, faith groups can do the most harm is through conversion therapy. Obviously, you know a lot about this. I said in the intro that you quit your role as a government advisor because um, the Prime Minister was reassuring faith-based groups that um, they would still be able to practice their religious beliefs. And, you know... As you found out, most um, conversion therapy is carried out in the name of religious groups, in the That's name right. of religious beliefs. In in the UK, particularly, um, the vast majority of conversion therapy today is done in religious or indeed cultural settings. And what the UN themselves have been very clear about, indeed, the UN special special rapporteur on freedom of religion or belief, you know, the guy whose job is to protect freedom of religion or belief, he's come out very clearly stating that citing religion is not a defence to to mitigate against conversion therapy, that actually we do need to legislate in this area. And, you, you know, international law is quite clear on this too. You can have freedom 
to think whatever you like. That's enshrined in law. But how you practice that, well, that is subject to, to, to constraints when you harm someone. You know, we don't eat children anymore. We don't burn people. You know, there are limits, especially when it causes, um, as we call it, torture, uh, significant harm, which this does. Do you know, I think it's true that it's a shame that religion has kind of been used as a carte blanche to allow people to you know, do things that are ultimately damaging and just, oh, OK, but, you know, in these instances, the idea of the prime minister still having to you know, permit what is a known damaging practice to carry on. A form of torture. A, a form of torture. You know, we're not using that word lightly. It's, it's a horrific process that damages people. And yet here we are. Oh, but it's OK because, you know, we need to give the religious freedom to continue the torture it's, it doesn't it doesn't make sense yeah and i mean if religious freedom extended to human sacrifice you know the prime minister wouldn't be saying oh well we can't upset the people who have the religions and it's, <laughs> it goes it goes without saying obviously but for the record um there needs to be careful consideration about the language that we use when we talk about conversion therapy and when we talk about religions being involved because obviously religion and religious people aren't advocates of conversion therapy people who do practice conversion therapy are sort of hiding behind the guise of religion to do something so horrific yeah of course i mean i find it interesting that it's almost sp split up the anti-queer rhetoric where now we kind of go oh yeah you know the the groups that we all have experienced saying things like you know god hates f slurs that group who shall not be named because they don't deserve the publicity but you know that has been recognised now as, oh, that's a horrific process. We shouldn't be allowing people to say those things. Sure, they, they can, they're entitled to, but it's wrong, it's not fair. But for some reason, we've split it here and the process of conversion therapy sort of has a, that level of freedom that is associated with religious backgrounds. It, it just doesn't really... It, it doesn't make sense as to why there's that divide there. You know, we've got past this point where freedom of religious expression doesn't permit you to be constantly homophobic and abusive but then it goes a bit further than that it doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense at all no it doesn't and it was really interesting to hear from jane someone with a religious perspective on the harm that religion can cause when it's used to justify conversion therapy and someone who sadly experienced that harm for himself was Matt Mahmood Ogston's fiance Naz who was told that there was a cure for his sexuality when he came out and in that moment, he did something which was very brave. And he said, yes, I do like men. I'm in love with Matt. We're engaged to get married. And we, you know, we are planning to get married. And we've been together for 13 years. Wow. 13 years having a secret relationship. That's going to take its toll, isn't it? Yes. And in that declaration of love, I just wish they hadn't responded in the way that they had responded. Because instead of being angry and instead of shouting they did something which i think was even more hurtful to nas and in that response they said you need to go to a psychiatrist to be cured to be cured of being gay because they'd heard it on radio programs that heard apparently they'd heard radio programs where they could cure people of the, of being gay how terrifying and Naz replied why can't people just accept me for who i am because to Naz, who was a 
very successful, much loved GP, being told that was essentially telling him that the part of him that he, he felt most proud of, which was his identity, who he really was, he was being told that he was a disease and that part of his identity had to be removed in order to be accepted by the parents that he wanted the unconditional love from. I think the interesting thing here is that Naz's family suggested he go and see a psychologist. This isn't always something that people associate with religion. They associate it with it being a medical procedure, a psychological procedure. It can be religious, of course, but this thing, which I cannot stress enough, is not a thing that should exist, uh-huh. is so ingrained in people's minds as to it being some sort of thing that can fix or cure a problem as though being lgbtqia plus is a problem to fix or to cure that it's still to this day even though i know the ban's not in place but people largely i would think in circles that i associate with would largely not have anything to do with conversion therapy but there are still overwhelming numbers of the lgbtqia plus community who are being offered conversion therapy yeah and we can see that from the most recent statistics from Gallup. It's this idea of also this unconditional love that you're supposed to show as a, as a parent not being extended to unconditionally love because it breaches some sort of value that they hold. And that really frustrates me because, of course, that unconditional love shouldn't mean this isn't a medical problem you've got something wrong with you it's actually you know that unconditional love should be <laughs> unconditional i can't really I can't it should really be unconditional it. yeah yeah I, there so shouldn't be there shouldn't be any sort of caveats to it no and that kind of is, is is incredibly disappointing to see that that has resulted in the awful awful story behind that clip that but, Naz is no longer with us. And the idea of curing people is so common that it was on the radio. It was on the BBC. Like, we're going to come on to this a little bit more. But there was no basis for this. There was no understanding of conversion therapy, if it worked, if it didn't work. And people were happy to just accept it and put the message out there that being part of the queer community was something that needed to be fixed and that is something that our community has constantly been up against throughout history it has been the idea that we have to fit into the social norm of being straight of being cis and it's not there's no sort of room for any sort of fluidity or playing with your gender or experimenting with your sexuality in there it's so hard to think about the fact that you know, a child, Naz wasn't even a child, like Naz was a fully grown adult man. But when someone's child goes to them with such vulnerability to then be met with fear or shame or embarrassment and then have this sort of offer of some sort of violence, it's horrific. The the bit that I can't quite grapple my head around is that it's decades since homosexuality was taken off of the British Medical Journal's recognised you know, list of, of psychiatric illnesses. Yet for some reason, the treatment that was previously used for said, and I'm using air quotes here because of course that, that has never been a psychiatric illness, but when it was classified as that, 
you know, when it was classified as something that was so bad that you'd require solitary confinement away from society. Something is so bad that you could be chemically castrated, you know, going back those decades. And yet, for some reason, this psychological treatment for what was termed at that point a psychiatric illness still exists, still exists, decades on from it being you know, completely recognise that actually, no, it's not a psychiatric illness. It is just a thing that happens. It can be found in nature. It can be found in historical society. It can be found in the ancient Greeks. It goes back there. The ancient Greeks loved it. And yet here we are, you know, thinking that we're in this brilliant advent of day when actually we're treating something that is perfectly natural as a medical illness. Yet yeah. Now, it's frustrating. Yeah, we love to think that civilization has come so far, but has it? No. <laughs> We've heard all about the harm that unsurprisingly conversion therapy causes when it's put into practice. But it's not just LGBTQ plus people subjected to these practices who are harmed by them. Have a listen to singer Conleth Kane, who spoke to Emma Goswell about the impact of hearing conversion therapy discussed on the radio whilst growing up. I remember looking on, uh, listening to people like Iris Robinson on the radio promoting conversion therapy. And, and just, I, re- I remember where I was. I remember being in my kitchen, knowing I was gay. And you've got the wife of the DUP leader, you know, promoting conversion therapy live on BBC Radio Ulster. And this is a huge audience, huge platform. And so many listeners were listening into that like myself and I just remember feeling really hurt and I think that really trickled through society and I was going to say did that filter down was there homophobia in school was there homophobia on the streets I have to say it's got a lot better and um Mm. but back back and you know I you know I was called queer faggot you know a gay boy almost every day walking to school walking home from school I got so much anxiety walking to school walking home from school because at least in school you're kind of protected Mm. but I I remember being so fearful of the walk home because you know you can't control those situations or what's going to happen and uh, there was on one occasion where I was walking with my little sister who was 11 at the time and I was uh, 14 15 and I just remember the, the trees and the bushes just rustling. I jumped this gang of lads, held me, beat me to a pulp, made my little sister watch. I was blood everywhere. It was like a scene from Jesus Christ Superstar. I was like, it was, it was awful. It was really, really traumatic. And my little sister had to carry me home. That is absolutely horrific. Like, I, I don't have much, much else to say than that is horrific. Yeah, it's it's hard to it's hard to hear. It's hard to take that in. It's one of those things that unfortunately lots of LGBTQ plus people have had to experience and it's it's heartbreaking. I've had that experience myself, thinking that there's something wrong with me. I remember um, I got caught up in that website. I always talk about them because it was probably one of the first moments that I actually started really challenging who I was and thinking there was something wrong with me because I accidentally stumbled onto the website of the WBC and I remember 
seeing everything there, you know, a really impressionable kid, seeing all of that and thinking, oh God, there is something really wrong with me. So I then started Googling how to make myself straight. I remember, I remember those words. Because that was at the point when I actually recognised, oh, okay, I'm gay. But because of everything that I'd seen, I didn't like it. And I wanted to change it. And the fact that we're getting to a point in the UK where decades, decades on after it had been recognised, oh, it's all right to be gay. Now we're only at the point where we're like, oh, maybe we should consider banning it. We're supposed to be this world leader in human rights. And I mean, look at us. But yeah, that horrid horrid experience of of all of that i can i can really really see exactly what conleth was going through because i remember exactly the moments that it happened to me and it's horrid horrid yeah i'm I'm sorry you felt like that growing up i mm. think it's hard and i know lots of us felt like that it's just horrible to have to hear someone that you're friends with had that experience as well i think everyone has probably had that moment of like horrid crisis so i don't think it makes me special um and we've all got our own little battles of our identity and how we we came to be who we are but gosh just hearing that clip and being like yep i i remember exactly that feeling i remember how it left me i remember how it changed as soon as i saw that clip and i started thinking oh gosh this was a point as well that i was really questioning my like relationship with religion as well so it's always just this awful awful cauldron of horrid horrid things and um here we are i think there's like a level of responsibility there as well like um conversion therapy being so widespread so common hearing it on the radio on the bbc as you're growing up and you're you're having those thoughts about whether or not you're gay or trans there needs to be a responsibility from organisations that have this massive platform to understand that just because something is legal doesn't mean it's okay. And I think, I fear that we are having this debate where just because it's legal to say what you want about a trans person doesn't mean it's okay to put that on the radio. And um, back in the day, it was just because it was legal to say what you wanted about being gay and how you can cure that with conversion therapy doesn't mean that it's the right thing to do. I think editorially, I wonder how people at the BBC who are making those programmes would feel about this now. Yeah, you know, we, we've, we've seen documentaries and all of that recently about how people who were producing, you know, reality programmes regret it and feel like it was an environment of exploitation. I, I do wonder some of those people who created that content, whether they do regret it or not. Because I honestly don't necessarily think they would at points. I think some people would still stand by it. You just have to look at the anti-trans sentiment in newspapers with a hefty influence, which doesn't correspond, I have to stress this, does not correspond with the actual sentiment of people. It's an inflated culture war, which has absolutely zero correlation between the widespread acceptance of trans people as per dozens of surveys but it's the vocal minority we talked about the vocal minority before the vocal minority that are making it an absolutely disgusting horrid world for trans people to live in right now it's like um you know there might be 60 million people in the uk there's more than that but one percent of 60 million people is 600 000 people so oh only one percent hate us only one percent hate 
queer people, only 1% hate trans people. That's still 600,000 people that you could be walking in the street. You know, that's the size of my old hometown times by nine. About nine. Please don't pull out a calculator. I'm probably wrong. But here we are. I think it's it's also the fact that when you've got these platforms and you've got a personal feeling, i.e. trans people are bad, let's mm. put it lightly, that's what they're saying. Um, when you've got these platforms and when you are saying something like that, you're you're giving that opinion to other people, to people who pick up those newspapers or who tune into that programme, and they start to believe that because you are their trusted source of information and what you say or what you write might be completely based not in fact at all and it might be a whole load of gobbledygook but it is something that people will take away and believe and follow through with and it creates a bigger wider idea of of hostility towards these communities whether that is gay communities or trans communities so there we are it's so shocking to hear of the real impact that even promoting conversion therapy had on Conliff's life and he wasn't even subjected to it and recently the topic has been back in the media this time in discussions about proposals for a ban on conversion therapy which is set to not apply to trans people We'll be talking all about it right after your Virgin Radio Pride weekly update with Daryl Jackson. Thank you. First this week. The Home Secretary has defended her policy to send some migrants to Rwanda. Among its hardest critics was Rainbow Migration, which provides support for LGBT plus asylum seekers. It told Pink News that the evil plans will further harm queer people seeking sanctuary from countries that see their existence as illegal adding that Rwanda is not a great place for LGBT plus people. But Priti Patel's told the Commons the plan has many benefits. Change is needed because people are dying attempting to come to the UK on illegal and dangerous routes. This partnership is a type of international cooperation needed to make the global immigration system fairer, keep people safe and give them opportunities to flourish. Now, the Royal British Legion's been praised after it apologised for historic discrimination against the LGBT plus community and war veterans. It's claimed the charity once described LGBT plus wreaths at a First World War memorial in London as disgusting and an insult to the war dead. It's finally apologised for its past treatment of LGBT plus veterans. Harry Potter star Miriam Margulies has defended J.K. Rowling over what she calls the misplaced criticism she's faced for her gender-critical views. In a new interview with the Radio Times, the eight-year-old who played the eccentric Professor Pomona Sprout in the Harry Potter films said that although she believes that gender is a spectrum, Rowling is a generous woman. The actor explained that there isn't one answer to all these trans questions. And Queer Eye star Tan France says some very vocal racists make it hard for him to live in the UK. The 38-year-old was born in Doncaster but now lives in the US with his husband and son. The presenter says although he's still very much British, the country doesn't tackle racism. That's all for this week. I'll have more next week. Thanks, Daryl.
Now, if you've switched on the news recently, you'll almost certainly have heard about discussion of the new ban on conversion therapy, which has recently been announced, but excludes those in the trans community. Exactly. As Alex said, there is so much discussion of this ban in the media at the moment, and we're happy to say that we've got Alex Wallhouse joining us to cut through all of that discourse. She presents the She Said, They Said podcast with someone called Shivani Darve. Alex, hello! Hello, I have no idea who that is. Oh, who is, no. Who I, is that? I don't know, honestly. Just someone. Look, <laughs> the prerequisite for me being on a show with both of you is that I only had to learn one name. <laughs> so if anyone's the big deal here... <laughs> Shivani reigns supreme in the efficiency squad. Exactly. So It's like guys that only call their girlfriends baby. It's so rude. <laughs> Shiv, you haven't called me baby yet. Maybe we should start our own podcast, Alex. What would it be called? Um, Alex and Alex? The Alex Show. Boring. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'd I'd actually really tune into that. I'd tune into that. I'm just being nice now in case Felix keeps all this in the edit. Um, So, Alex, I know you quite well. You've been on Virgin Radio Pride a few times in the past. You've appeared on Matt Cain's Sunday Roast. And we've heard your voice in some of the clips that we've used on this podcast right here. But for people who don't know you, tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do. Hi, yeah. So I am Alex. My pronouns are she and her. I am a podcaster, radio presenter, writer and model um, living in London. And I'm also a uh, an ex-solicitor. Um, so I often come things from quite a legalistic perspective as Shivani already knows um, and yeah hopefully we'll be able to um, cut the fat and get to the real facts of what's been going on recently in the media. Honestly what don't you do? Um, let's let's start with that then so there's been so much confusion over the ban with the government saying they were going to ban conversion therapy then flip-flopping saying they weren't and then flip-flopping back to say they were banning it but not for the trans community can you give us an overview of the ban on conversion therapy so far yeah absolutely so it was proposed to be banned um i think two years ago in the queen's speech by the current government and uh it basically hasn't been done yet we are behind as a country of other as of many other countries that have such bans and you know when when i first started doing this work um about conversion therapy everyone i spoke to couldn't believe that it was still legal and it is it's currently completely legal and conversion therapy is basically any practice that is seeking to change the sexuality or gender of a person and uh this is you know particularly prevalent in religious communities and uh but also in medical settings and it's something that people opt into so they may say you know i don't want to be lgbt anymore so please can you give me therapy in order to convert me but um i really don't think that 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 should be allowed there's nothing wrong with being lgbt there's nothing to be converted and um, and yeah, the, the the methods behind this conversion are, are pretty horrific, really, um, and are uh, really analogous to to kind of torture techniques, um, as well as talking therapy in order to convince people that being LGBT is wrong. And so yeah, there've been calls to to ban conversion therapy for ages. 
um and and we thought it was nearly there it was you know we think we were pretty close um but then yes the government decided at the last minute to kind of to say right we're dropping it it's too complex mm-hmm. um despite there being bans like this in in different countries already and then people rightfully kicked off and said you know no that's absolutely ridiculous this has been a pledge of the government for number of years and this is you know a matter of basic human rights for the lgbt community and the conservative government then said okay fine we'll ban conversion therapy but for just lesbian gay and bi people and nothing to do with gender despite trans people being more likely to experience conversion therapy um so so yeah that's something that people are really railing against at the moment to ensure that a ban covers the entirety of the lgbt community So bans that have been put in place in other countries like Malta being one of them cover LGBT conversion therapy. Now that the ban's been announced for gay, lesbian and bisexual people only here in the UK, what what happens? Is there an opportunity for further debate? Is there a chance the government could change their mind? Are we supposed to do something or say something to put our opinion forward? Yeah, so um, the petition that has been online on petitions.gov has now got over 100,000 signatures um, in order to include a ban on conversion therapy for trans people. And so that means it has to be debated in Parliament because it has over 100,000 signatures. So people have already done amazing, incredible things. And we saw that, you know, there was a protest a few weeks ago um, in London and we've seen pop-up ones uh, in, in, I think, uh, Manchester as well. Um, that have all been about supporting this, this ban for trans people too. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I think I think in terms of things that you can be doing now, I think still writing to your MP and keeping the pressure on your local parliamentarian in order to make sure that they are in support of a ban that is effective for all people because we're not safe unless all people are, um, are protected. And of course... You know, these practices are pretty horrific, but are there any legal implications of excluding trans people from the ban? Uh, I hope so. I hope there will be. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I, I can't see even if, you know, this uh, this law passes and then conversion therapy is just banned for LGB people and that doesn't include trans people. I can't see that that is going to just be accepted. Um, There are lots of uh, incredible, you know, human rights groups and LGBT charities that are, that that I'm sure will band together to to challenge this. And there will be, uh, there are ways such as judicial review, uh, which is a way that you can basically take the government to court and say, you know, that this this law needs to be changed. Um, And I think it's really important to remember that any other country that has a conversion therapy ban doesn't make the same carve out for trans people. So I kind of don't buy the line that, oh, it's too difficult and, and this wouldn't allow for for proper kind of gender exploration uh, for trans people. I really don't buy that because that's not something that we're seeing in different countries. And, um, it, you know, the opposite of um, of kind of conversion therapy is just good therapy where you can explore uh, how you're feeling, how you're feeling with your sexuality, how you're feeling with your gender. Um, and and the, a therapist should listen to that and not try and 
impose their own ideals on it. Um, so yeah, I really hope that this this won't be the end. Um, I'm sure it won't be. And I think that there will be a lot more uh, opportunities to challenge this. So as you said earlier, lots of people were angry. We saw thousands of people marching in the street outside Downing Street. There have been more pop-up protests in Manchester and Oxford, to name a couple. People don't seem to want to let this go, with good reason. But it's not just the individual who is doing something about this. LGBTQ plus charities are doing loads at the moment. Charities like Mermaids, Gendered Intelligence, Stonewall, loads of charities all grouping together to try and fight this. What kind of things are they doing to help trans people who might be affected by the fact that this ban is constantly what we're talking about? It's constantly what we're seeing and it might not include them and that might be worrying for them. So lots of charities... Are, are doing lots of different things. Um, Mermaids, for example, has been creating resources that easily explain um, these bans and the U-turn to uh, trans young people, um, which is who Mermaids works for. Uh, Stonewall has been uh, running the, the kind of the writing to your MP campaign. Um, and there are lots of things on websites such as Mermaid, such as Stonewall, you, where you can put in your email and that will automatically send a template email to your MP. So it's super easy to do. Behind the scenes, there is the Ban Conversion Therapy uh, Working Group who are campaigning and lobbying in the government. And that will continue, um, I'm sure, throughout all of this until this is settled, until we have a meaningful ban on conversion therapy. And do you know how people who are affected by this can find support? Um, so you can contact the Mermaid Helpline if you're a trans person that is affected by um, by conversion therapy. Um, and I think the Mermaid Helpline is really useful for general pastoral support um, for how people are feeling, particularly, you know, young trans people are feeling in the current political climate. Um, but yeah, there are lots of resources and, and people out there who can listen and can support you. And I think, um, you know, even though it's, it's kind of important to remember that even though there isn't a meaningful legal ban on conversion therapy at the moment, that there are still a lot of practices that happen in conversion therapy, which are against the law, but can be um, akin to things like assault and, and battery and, and grievous bodily harm. And so those are things that can um, involve law enforcement. So if that's something that you feel comfortable to do and, and to ask for, then you can also do that. Last question from us, which is obviously the important plug. Where can people find out more about you and your work? So you can find me on uh, Instagram or Twitter at Alex Woolley, W-O-O-L-Y. Or, I, you know, I, I'm going to plug, you know, the Mermaids website, the Stonewall website, Gendered Intelligence website. They have so many great resources and ways to get uh, in contact if you're struggling. Amazing. Thank you so much for chatting to us, Alex. No problem. Thanks for having me on, Shiv. So nice to speak to you again. Always, always a pleasure. Maybe now you won't ignore all my texts. I'll text you back right after this. I <laughs> sure. promise. You're listening to the Virgin Radio Pridecast. Josh, how was that chatting to the better version of me? You know, another Alex that you present a podcast with. I can't choose between my Alexes. I love you both equally. Aww. 
and you're both as beautiful as each other. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I wanted to hear. Thank you so much to Alex Woolhouse for coming on the show to chat to us and we'll of course put all the details for the charities that Alex mentioned in the show description. And back to Alex Mawson, joking. <laughs> That is just about all we've got time for this week, sadly. But if you'd like to get in touch before next week about anything and everything we've discussed today, you can email us on broadcast at virginradio.co.uk or drop us a tweet at Virgin Radio UK, remembering to use the hashtag Virgin Radio Pridecast. Tweet, tweet. And on that note, see you next week.